Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast. This is your host, Brandon Allen, and I am excited to bring you another engaging and interesting podcast this week, or at least hopefully I will. We'll see. Um, and today, you know, there's there's times that I get so inspired by something that I read or see that I just have to talk about it. And sometimes, most of the time, it's something positive, something that just really resonated with me. I got excited about. It, I wanted to share, and I want to I, I want to share that with the listeners of my podcast. But other times. I listen to something that's just such utter bullshit and nonsense that I've also got to share that with you too because it's such nonsense that I can't believe they decided to print it in a respected publication. And so this week's offender is Inc. Magazine. Now, I don't want you to judge me. I'm a little behind my reading with my magazines. So this is from the February issue of February 2014, Inc. Magazine. And I guess I'm not super behind, but I was I was further behind than that. And I read this article, and and the, there there's a whole section on finance, business finance, and I always get excited about that because as a business owner, it's so important to really track metrics, understand your financials, whether it be your profit and loss, your balance sheet, your cash flow statement, all those things are so important to business owners. But then I saw this little section tucked in there. And the title of it, and this is something that resonates with me as an NT and a competitive in the Myers-Briggs, I see something like, are you really as smart as you think? So this is it, right? They're challenging you. Do you you think you're smart because you're a business owner, but are you really as smart as you think? And so when I looked at this, I looked at the advice and there was four pieces of advice. Number one was be conservative. And this is just about where you put your money in your portfolio. And again, they're recommending the diversification, time value of money, and embracing stocks. Okay, This is the same financial advice that they've been giving people for uh, several years, many, many years. Okay, That actually doesn't work for anyone, but we'll get into that here in a minute. But the first one is be conservative. You know, put, Be conservative where you put your money. Number two is save something. I'm totally for that, okay? And, and many of you who've worked with me know that I, I talk about putting money, you know, having liquid cash available in your business as well as in your personal life. Number three is, you know, having the tax privileges. And just just, just about, um, they don't really talk about the tax privileges of business ownership as much as they're talking about Converting money into a Roth or, you know, just things like this, okay? And then the last one, this is the last piece of advice, and this made me so angry, I really thought about just tearing the magazine up right then and there. I was I was literally, that. I was about Bruce Banner angry about this. But number four was don't fall in love with your own expertise. So I want to talk about that a little bit because as a business owner, you're not in the same position that you as, as someone who's employed. And I know I've got executives and managers that listen to this podcast as well. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that if you're a business owner, 
you've got more freedom and flexibility and your earning ceiling is different than someone who's a wage earner. It's that's just a fact. Okay. So when I see stuff like this, number one, did you know the actual rate of return in the Dow Jones over the last 70 plus years is 4%. The actual rate of return in the Dow Jones over over a his, the history of the Dow Jones is 4%, the actual rate of return. Now, why do I talk about the actual? Because the problem is, is that people who are very high into funds only talk about the average rate of return. And the reality is, is if you do the math, my average rate of return always looks better than my actual rate of return. So, of course, when funds start talking about these things, they talk about that rate of return. Now, ask yourself this question as a business owner. Why the hell would you put money into a 4% vehicle because most of the time they're going to put you in some kind of an index fund that stays close to the Standard & Poor, which is you know the collection of the 500, you know, 500 specific stocks within the Dow Jones, but it's pretty close to market. They're going to recommend that you do something that over time has only gained 4% when you know as a business owner that your rate of return in your business through profit can be much, much higher. Unless you're Amazon, where your profit margins are small, but you're, look, let's be honest, you're scaling at a huge rate. 4% is not an acceptable net profit in a business. It's not. But if you're in certain retail that's big business like an Amazon, well, 4% is fine. But for most of the business owners that I work with, that's not okay. In fact, if you did a 4% rate of return in your business, you'd be pissed. You'd probably fold the damn thing if you did that consistently, right? But here's the advice for the business owner. Hey, put your money, be conservative, put your money in this. And get the tax advantage of putting your money in certain uh, tax-deferred vehicles, so that you don't have to pay taxes now, you can pay them later. But the problem is, is every time I ask a business owner, are taxes going up or down in the future? They never say that taxes are going down, right? They always say they're going up. Why the hell would you defer taxes today if you know that tomorrow, for, for tomorrow, when you know that the tax rate will most likely be higher if that's your gut feeling, right? That doesn't make any sense. And, and here's the problem with, with magazines like this and publications like this. We get the same advice all the time because they ask the same people. If you look at the people who were quoted in this article, they're people who uh, either are CPAs or they're people who in, have an investment advisory. And so what do they want? They want you to invest money with them. Why? Because they don't earn money based on performance in a fund. They earn money on how much money you've got in their fund, right? It's just a total dollar amount. Now I get a percentage of whatever money you have there. Whether it does good or bad is irrelevant to an investment advisor, okay? So these guys go out and quote, you know, all the name companies, uh, you know, Tito, Marley, and Randy and Associates or whatever uh, names that they come up with 
to uh, interview for these pieces and they give you the same damn advice that you've been hearing for the last 30 years. But this advice is no good. It doesn't work. And it's destructive for a business owner. I'm so pissed that Inc. Magazine even thought that this was a good idea. So let's talk about the last point in this article that really got me fired up. And it's number four, which is don't fall in love with your own expertise. And it goes on to say, one common mistake that entrepreneurs make when investing is to invest too heavily in the industry that their business is in. They feel that because they know the sector so well, they stand a better chance of success. Okay? So... Think about this for a second. They're not actually saying, they're not, they give no examples as to what business owners have done this and failed. But what they're saying is, hey, that's risky. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And what they're saying is, think about the logic here. I want you to intuitively think about the logic of don't fall in love with your own expertise. What they're saying is investing where you have knowledge is wrong and it's destructive. Is that, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Investing where you have knowledge is wrong and it's destructive is basically what they're saying here. But would you invest any other way? Why would you invest in something? So basically what they're saying is, is don't invest in something that you know about. Give your money to us so we can invest some things in, so we can invest your money in some shit that you don't know about, that you don't care about or that you're quite frankly just against, right? I work with a lot of healthcare providers. Would you like to know that your money is in a fund that promotes cigarettes, Coca-Cola, you name it, things that you're against principally, but now you're invested in because you're diversifying, right? So my good friend Garrett Gunderson from Freedom Fast Track calls that diversification, right? Diversify, why do people wanna diversify? My thought process here is, is because most of these guys don't know what the hell they're doing. So they're just trying to throw a bunch of things out there and hope that one of them works out. See, I told you, needed to diversify. But think about that. Why would, why would an expert, what's the motivation for an expert in the financial realm? And I use that loosely in quotations, expert in the financial realm. Why would they tell you not to invest where you have knowledge the reason why is because now if you don't invest, if you invest somewhere outside of your knowledge, now there's this big degree of uncertainty. Well, what are you going to do when you have a big degree of uncertainty? You need help. And where are you going to go to get that help? You're going to go to that same financial advisor who said, hey, putting all your eggs in one basket is risky. So don't do that. Don't do that. Right? So be careful with these things. Now, the example they gave is, remember those banks a few short years ago or tech in 2000? This was their example of why you shouldn't invest where, where you have expertise. But you know what's funny about that? I worked in banking, for hell's sakes, back in that time. And I knew that shit was going to hit the fan in banking because I was an insider. You know what I did? I got out. That's what industry-specific knowledge lets you do. You can see the writing on the wall before things get real. I knew that things were going to happen. Now, as far as the tech burst, I mean, there were certainly people that said, hey, let's, let's throw some caution to the wind here. I don't like what I'm seeing. These companies are not as valuable as, as what people are making, making them out to be. So the examples they give here and don't fall in love with your own expertise still don't make any sense. 
I worked in banking. I knew bad things were happening in banking. I knew it was going to happen. I told my wife before it happened, and I left. I got out, and the business unit that I worked with completely closed in our bank a year and a half after I left. It completely shut down and closed. That's how crazy things were. But those of us on the inside, we could see that some bad things were happening. Risky lending, risky investing, things that, look, these things, someone's going to come for this stuff. Someone's going to call this due and it's going to hurt really bad when it happens. Those of us on the inside knew that was going to happen. We could just see it, right? We didn't have all the knowledge that that the executives had in the company, but you didn't have to be a higher up to really understand that, look, some things are going to end badly here. So I love the fact that conventional wisdom says, don't invest where you have knowledge. Instead, invest it somewhere where you have no knowledge because then that's less risky. Does that make any sense to anyone who's listening to this right now? Does that make sense to you? So as, as you're listening to this, All I want to do today is I want you to know this. Your business is your best investment that you can possibly make. And rather than retire from your business, which is what a lot of these guys talk about, you can retire in your business. And you know what's funny about Inc. Magazine? You know the best example of someone who just, who retired right was Norm Brodsky. Norm Brodsky writes a article, a a column For Inc. Magazine, he wrote the book, The Knack. Really great book. I love it. He's been an entrepreneur for 40 plus years at least. And here's a guy that who's older. And is he retired? No, he writes a card. He he writes an article for Inc. Magazine. He writes books. He still owns businesses. Why is he not retired? Why isn't Norm Brodsky holding a surfboard, drinking a Corona? In Mexico right now, why in the hell is he not doing that? Well, you know what? Maybe he is doing that right now. I don't know what he's doing right now. But how come he's not doing that every day? Because he loves what he does and that's what he knows. That's what he's doing, right? That's how Norm Brodsky makes money. That's how all these business owners make money. They invest in their companies. They invest where they have knowledge. And they watch what happens when they're diligent and they're intentional around that investment. That's huge, right? Don't let the media tell you any differently about retirement, the value of your business, and the value of who you are as a business owner. Because if you're a business owner and you're looking at this, quite frankly, you're just different. You're just wired different. You think differently, you behave differently, and I know that this is true because I used to be an employee, and I used to know how I thought, I used to know how I felt, I used to know that I was limited in my possibilities and what could happen, and all those things went away when I decided that, hey, it's time to go out on my own. All those things went away. So the advice for you is, is don't follow this crappy advice that's the same advice that's been given for years and years. Because historically, it's not that great, okay? 4% actual rate of return in the Dow Jones in the history of the Dow Jones. That sucks. That's a terrible rate of return, especially when you factor in inflation. And look, 4% doesn't even cover the management fees in some of these funds. So you're probably coming out in the minus. So 
when I see stuff like this, when, when I read stuff like this, what I know, though, is that this is the predominant information. And I know it's scary for business owners because they think, why don't I have a 401k? Why don't I have a mutual fund? What's going to happen when I retire? Can I retire and, and have money? How's that going to work? And look, there is a way, and that's why I coach, is to teach business owners how they can have their cake and eat it too, so that later in life, they're set up, not because they put money in a mutual fund and it, the miracle of compound interest, okay? Don't even get me started on that bullshit. And you, you don't need to worry about those things. You don't need to worry about that because you've got an investment vehicle right now. It's called your business. And you've got another thing that's your investment vehicle, your greatest asset, which is yourself. Because even if your current business failed, you know how to build another one. That's the beauty of business ownership and being empowered as a human being. So take heart today. Maybe this was more of an attaboy, just a rah-rah podcast today. Give you a little pat on the back and say, you know what? Thank you for being different than most people in this country. Thank you for not following conventional advice And when you hear conventional advice like this, don't be afraid to challenge the quote-unquote conventional wisdom because I'll tell you this, it may be conventional, but there is absolutely no wisdom to it. So I want to thank everyone for listening this week. Go back there and invest in your business, invest in yourself, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.